<laughs> I tell you, I got an assignment. I was with a group of pastors, and they asked a question about the kingdom, and they go, well, and, I, and I went on a little rant, and they went, okay, well, Pastor Keenan, if, if, do you have any strategies to grow the kingdom? And I says, yes, and I began to put my list together. I'm going to finish it today, and I shared it with you guys. First, we've got to make the kingdom a priority. The kingdom of life is, the kingdom of heaven is, is, is that, that thing, that, uh, the man, the precious thing the man found in the field, and he sold everything to get that. That's, that's the kingdom. It means that you sacrifice everything for that. And I'm like, whoa, that's just not happening. It's not happening. But we have to remind people that he sold everything to get that one thing. You will sacrifice anything to get that one thing, and then that one thing will give you everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. The next one, we got to just preach the good news. We got to preach the gospel. Stop making everything so fluffy. Stop blowing wind on everybody and and stop covering up farts with cologne. I I didn't get, me myself used to go to church because my mother would beg me and bug me. And I would get up and go. And you know what would happen when I went? I would feel better when I left. My conscience felt better. I went to church today. My Sunday was a lot more lighter. And then, and then Satan came and stole it back the next day. I was back off into my world. Mm-hmm. The only thing that had turned my life around was I heard the gospel. And I realized something. Man, I'm a sinner. And you telling me that Christmas isn't about gifts? That it was the birth of the Savior who came to save me? Because I can't save myself. I knew I was a sinner and I was really good at it, but my, for the first time, not only did I, the realization fall on me like a pile of bricks, the, the remedy also came. Amen. Jesus and him crucified on behalf of my sin. Oh my God, I'm a sinner. And I ran up to the altar and my uncle and my aunt are sitting here, they saw me. Amen, amen. And my life has never been the same. So we have to preach the gospel. We got to teach people to play, pray right. Believers don't pray right. We, every prayer in the Bible that Jesus told to say, he always puts in your kingdom. Amen. Pray for the kingdom to expand. Pray that your will up there happens down here. Amen. We have to be, we have to be, we have to pray, but we're, oh, I know, we're too busy praying about everything in the world, and then the Bible says that's what heathens do. What you should eat, drink, wear, who you like, who's happy, who's not. Oh, I know, I know. Because family's everything. Love my family. It's everything. And then they go, Jesus, what's the number one commandment? Love the Lord with everything. What about my family? He'll teach you how to do that. Amen. I'm preaching way better than amen, you get it. I don't care. I'm just not in the mood. <laughs> It's like, it's like we got to teach people to pray the right way. And then we got to press into the kingdom. We can't be passive. What's happening is we're so passive. And then what happens? We get weary and well-doing. We begin to draw back. We begin to fall back into the stuff we used to do. Because mm-hmm. we're not pressing with urgency. This is your life you're talking about. This is your family's life you're talking about. Amen. Some of your family's at home right now. And you ain't even say nothing to them today. It's like, this is your life. This, what life? Here? No, your eternal life. Amen. We have to press into the kingdom. We have to, and that's why the kingdom isn't growing. 
Churches grow, but what happens is people just get this disgruntled somewhere here and they, and they go there. And then the pastor goes, oh, our church is growing. No, it's not. You're just giving out transfers like they do on trains and buses. Mm-hmm. Who knows God because you know God? Ah, get out of here. Everybody's resume is probably light. The kingdom doesn't work that way because now we have to put on programs and shows and entertain people to keep them coming because church is so social. Because so, I'm so social. I love, I love to be entertained. And I was sitting there with my remote control last night for a minute. We got every movie thing you can have. Netflix, Courtney's fault. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney. And I'm sitting there going, I can't find nothing to watch. Seven billion movies. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, no, I don't want to watch. Well, that was pretty good, but I don't want to watch that again. Well, that was good. No, I don't want to see that. I'm thinking, I'm seven billion movies. I can't find nothing to watch. You know why? Because the flesh is never satisfied. Never, never. It's never satisfied. It's never going to be good. And it's like, man, we have to press into the kingdom because the world is pressing upon us. You're fighting for your life. We have to remind people. I'm talking to pastors. We got to remind people. They got to press into the kingdom. We gotten so lax. Mm-hmm. Now to my last piece of this. We have to pray for the expectation of, of the demonstration of the power of God to do what? To save, heal, deliver, change lives. Amen. We have to pray for that. Amen. I have to go to 1 Corinthians 2. We have to pray that whoever you're trying to see that they need, get them to see that they need the kingdom, you have to pray that the power of God, through the grace and mercy of God, and through the love of God, begins to touch them or you won't get them. And then we have to pray that our church always is a place that you just don't come to be social, that some kind of way the power of God comes and you begin to transform because your mind is new. And then you begin to be effective, not whining in the corner crying, not causing confusion and going crazy. Not running your mouth and gossiping, but you become this new creature mm-hmm. who's effective out there yes. because you came in here. Someone's telling me, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. Someone's <laughs> told me that, man, I'm sorry. We've been so busy. We're so busy. And I'm going, yeah. So let me get this right. You're telling me you're too busy driving that you can't go to the gas station. You can't come to the gas station because you're driving. You're going to run out of gas. Amen. And then you're going to call me and go, I don't know how this happened. I'm so weak. How did I fall into this? Well, if all you do is sow to the flesh, that's what you're going to get back. That's right. Amen. If you're visiting, I'm sorry. I'm really not like this all the time. (laughs) I'm really a nice guy. I really am. Once you get to know me, you know what I mean? It just dawned on me for a second. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, Auntie, come on. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. It's not words. with wise and words that persuade people. It's with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Yes. To do what? 
heal people and pick them up out of wheelchairs if need be, but we ain't got any. It is to, the power to change your life. Yes. It is the power of God that makes you say, I got to stop drinking. It wasn't me. Amen. It's the power of God that says, man, I got to forgive that person. It wasn't me. Amen. It's the power of God that makes you go, I'm going to stop being, ooh, Keita, don't say that in church. I'm going to stop being a punk. I'm going to stop judging. I'm going to stop being racist. I'm going to stop being silly. I'm going to give love. That was the power of God that did all that. Amen. To do what? Change lives? I know for a fact that your life has changed since you've been coming here. And it ain't because of me. It's because of the Holy Spirit and the power of God that he has laid upon us to make you different. So how come you're driving so much but won't stop at the gas station but once a month? Auntie, come on. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. See, the power of God's got to come, auntie, so your faith won't rest on human wisdom but on God's power. That it won't rest because I stand up here and say something cute or make you feel good. I don't even pronunciate right. I don't. I mean, you know, I grew up in Detroit. I I can't help it. It's the best I can do. People go, you speak English. I go, no, I speak American. We don't speak English here. We speak something else. Because English people hear us and go, what? But it's not with words. It's not with my, my Hebrew Greek knowledge. It's not with proving my degrees that I have in theology. It's so you can understand. Amen. And it's like, so what? It's not human wisdom, but it's, it's God's power. Yes, it is. That changes. We have to pray to God's power. That's what keeps you from being so stupid. That's what keeps you from running out and getting divorces. That's what keeps you from hitting somebody. That's what keeps you from from cussing people out when you know you want to. That's what keeps you from flipping people off when they cut you off. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't suggest you do any of that now because you might get shot. Amen. That's what keeps you from worrying when you watch the news. Come on, man, the power of God in your life is the thing that changes your life. And I'm telling you, but how can you change? Well, it comes by the renewing of mind. Well, how can you do that? Well, it comes by the word of God. Well, how can you do that? Somebody, he has to send somebody to give it to you. Well, how can you do that? You got to come to receive it. And if you keep moving in the flesh, that's all you're going to get. Amen. That's all you're going to get. You go, people are going, man, my daughter's this, my wife's this. Well, dude, they don't go to church. They don't hear nothing. You let them sit at home. You you don't bug your husband anymore. You let let him play in the garden. As if this world isn't going to end one day. Amen. Oh, auntie, come on, come on. What's next? I don't know. Proverbs 14. Go, go, go there. The house of the wicked will be destroyed. Listen, the house of the wicked is just going to be destroyed, everybody. I'm telling you. It, it is the house of wicked people will not. What is wicked? Well, the ones who don't do the first two commandments. Amen. Who don't love the Lord with everything and love your neighbor. Yeah. 
And, and, and so Jesus goes, I know you love you some you. Can you love your neighbor like you love you? No. My neighbor gets on my nerves. That would you people, my neighbors are okay. But, but it's like, man, I mean, it's like, no, we can't. And Jesus says, can you do that? Can you love someone as much as you love you? Because you love you some you. <laughs> That's why people got all these other things to do. Because I love me. <laughs> they don't like me today, Scoop. Courtney, it's okay. I'm going to teach Bible somewhere. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the, of the righteous people will flourish. Yes. The tent of the upright, you're going to flourish. So why are you so worried about life? Oh, I know why. Because you might fall in that first category. Because if God was blessed on the merit system, would he bless you? What would the effort you give him? Auntie, come on, it ain't like that one. Come on. There's a way that appears to be right, but the, in the end it leads to See, death. See, there's a way that seems right to a man. It seems like the right thing to do. It seems like the right, right place to go. It, it seems like the right way to be. And I'm going, it seems right, but the end of it could lead you into death. So what happens now on Sundays? I purposely look today. I ride past five churches to get here. Three of them had nobody in a lot, few cars. One of them was okay, and then one had quite a few people. And I go, which one is blessed? Probably the ones that had the least amount of people. Because mm-hmm. everybody now wants to go where they got the highest people and the most people so they can feel like they're a part of the club. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they can brag and say, oh, this, look what I, and then the pastors come and they brag. Oh, well, how many people are you running, brother? Enough. Sometimes too many. Because I'm trying to make disciples, dude. Amen. And it's like, man, but, the, but it's a party in there. I know it is. And you're smart. You're smart. Because, you know, that's what people want. That's all they want now is to be entertained, to be coddled, to be made feel good. Not by the transforming power, transforming power of God, but by great words and great facilities and, and great uh, theatrics. But if you hit them in the face with the word, they go, oh, my God, my underwear is so tight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a way that seems right. It seems like you're doing the right thing. The right thing could be, well, you know, I just pick up all the hours I can on Sunday because the right thing is to take care of my family and pay the bills. That's the wrong thing. He said you seek the kingdom first. I'll add all that stuff. You probably won't have to work. The reason why you're so behind is because you don't seek the kingdom. People who really seek the kingdom, they make it. They get by. They're okay. Mm-hmm. People who don't seek the kingdom don't never give God anything, especially your time and, and or your money. They always struggle and they wonder why. Mm-hmm. Someone says, Pat Kitty, can you pray? I'm, I'm running low on cash. Sure, I can pray. But can I ask you one question? When's the last time you gave anything? Well, you know, it's tight. Well, there you go. You're eating your seed that mm-hmm. God gave you to sow. Amen. And then when you say that, people go, well, you're in the money. I'm not in the no money. I'm in the how the word works. Amen. He says, you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you... Reap bountifully. I didn't, Kenny didn't say that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Auntie, where are we going next? 
Um, first Corinthians. Four. Is that where we going? Let's go. I am writing this not to shame you, but to you warn you as my dear children. Yeah. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many. It says, man, even though you have 10,000 teachers, you don't have no fathers. What do you want? Something wrong? Oh, it's her mic. Even though you have 10,000 teachers, you got no fathers. Nobody's making disciples. This is why I need every dude to meet me on the 25th. Because, you know what? It always starts with me. And before I, I yell about anything, I always check me. Because I'm an issue. And I'm flawed. And it's like, Lord, what, what? and God says, well, I'm going to tell you something. You dropped the ball on that. Because every man in there should be hearing you. They should be many yous. You dropped the ball on that. And I started giving off my excuses why I did. And he goes, I'm not hearing you. Blah, 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 blah. You dropped the ball. Men need you. They got teachers, but can you father? Hmm. Why do you think men are struggling? Why do you think men are kind of having issues? Why do you think stuff is going on? They got nowhere to share it. Why, why do you think they got stuff that they would love to talk about, but nobody to talk to? Well, there's a lot of teachers, but there's nobody making disciples. There's no fathers. I have a spiritual father, even now, that I can call at any moment. And he'll, he, he can be over in Peru somewhere, and he'll call me. He called me one time from an aircraft carrier. What are you doing on an aircraft carrier? <laughs> well, I need to talk to you. On an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Pacific? Yeah, I love you. Amen. I have a voice in this kingdom, but it always starts here. Amen. I have to begin to father. Auntie, come on. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Yeah. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son. So he says, listen, I, you know, I'm your father because of the gospel, not because I, I had you, but because, you know, God has placed you here. And, and because of Christ, I am now a father. And I'm sending you Timothy, and he's my son. He's faithful in the Lord. He reminds you of something. The way that's in the life of Christ, which, which agrees with what I teach everywhere I go. Yes. He, he, it's a shame we have, to, we have to be reminded all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But see, you know how nature is. Human nature, it always goes back to where it, it always tries to go back to what it was, back to where it's comfortable, back to where it was before it changed. So if you wonder, man, I'm starting to feel funny again. I'm starting to bubble up hatred again. I'm starting to be depressed more again. Well, see, because your nature is going back. Amen. You're going back to what God has brought you out of. Mm -hmm. what are you, man, I've just been a lot. I've been so edgy and angry lately. Where are you going back? Yep. Everything wants to go back mm -hmm. to its original state. Mm -hmm. Amen. So though you are transformed, you're trying to go back. 
And, but nobody's telling you not to. The person next to you aren't telling you. And then the pastor, he's trying to preach, but he only has 40 minutes to do something. We got to make disciples, man. Yes. We got to make many us's all in the congregation to hold on to everyone else. That's why the king people are slipping back into whatever. Because nobody's fathering. Everybody's just, hey, you're good? No, yeah, I'm okay. Okay, see you later. Because I got somewhere to be. Right. Hmm. Because life never stops. I gave God my hour and a half today. Come on, auntie. They're mad at me, but I don't care. Come on. Some of you have become arrogant. See, some of you are so arrogant as if I'm not coming back. See, there's a problem going on with leadership. Here's, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you, and please hear this maturely. And you guys know me, right? You believe in me? Mm-hmm. Amen. I never build myself up. It's just not healthy. In fact, it ain't nothing to build. <laughs> it's all grace and mercy. I always tell people it's smoke and mirrors, man. It really is. Amen. But in the kingdom, I carry a lot of weight. Amen. Amen. I counsel pastors whose churches are five times bigger than ours. Yep. In the kingdom now, in the grand scope of things. Mm -hmm. I carry a lot of weight. Amen. So what's happened is I brought myself down to I am one of you. I will always be one of you. Amen. You guys call me Keenan. Only a few of you call me Pastor Keenan. But here's what I'm realizing. That's part of the problem. Because mm -hmm. to you, I'm, that's our Keenan. But to the kingdom, I have authority. Amen. Amen. So it's kind of like and you guys know me. Do you realize who's teaching you? Right. I've taught Bible at Croydon College over in London, England. I've taught Bible at U of M. I know I don't pronunciate right, and I lose my mind, and I say crazy things. <laughs> I've taught Bible across the country and in places in Europe. Amen. I've been teaching Bible since Courtney was in a cart at the grocery store. She still can probably fit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but here it is. But to me, to you, to you guys, I'm just your Keenan. Let me tell you something. I get more love here than I do out there. But I get appreciated more out there than I do in here. My Lord. Because when they hear I'm coming to town, the church is always overpacked. Mike's with me. He sees it. He sees the response that I get. He sees the line of the people that are waiting on me. He hears how many times the people want me to stay. But to you, I'm your Keenan. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. I'm going to build myself up. It's us. It's us against the world. Mm -hmm. But I hang with heavyweights. And they call me a heavyweight. Amen. Now I'm saying that with all sincerity. And you know it's not an arrogant bone in my, in my body. But what's happening is that some of you have become so arrogant. Because everything, I don't matter to you anymore. Amen. I, I'm, 
you guys not worried about what I think anymore. You're not worried about if you if you get my approval or not. You're not worried about if you come because you don't think I'm coming back. See, you've gotten so comfortable with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is Paul now. He's saying, man, you, you guys have become so, so, yeah, that's, that's our king, and we love him. Yeah, we'll, we'll see him again in three weeks after we get done doing everything we want to do. And I'm going, man, one day you might come, and I might not be here. Mm-hmm. Man. LeBron James goes, hey, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. And everybody in Cleveland went, oh, my God. And I'm thinking, did you appreciate him when you had him? Right. Mm-hmm. I'll take him off. But I will come to you very soon. I'm coming Lord, to you. Come on. If the Lord is willing, and then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power I they have. I will find out if you're all talk or if you got power. And I'm going, man, that's where we, I want to find out if we're all talk or do we have power. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to say, I'm trying to find out if you're all talk or did you have power? Amen. Power to do what? Make a difference. Yes. <laughs> I'm coming back to see if you guys are just mouthy. Mm-hmm. You talk a good game, but, you know, the Bible says you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Far from me. I can't wait to the day of accountability, man. I'm nervously nervous about it, but I can't wait for it at the same time. When guys like me stand before the Lord, he goes, ugh. We're going to get it. Guys like me are going to get it. Know why? Because we're responsible. Mm-hmm. To do what? The kingdom. Teach the kingdom. But that don't grow churches. Teach it anyway. Amen. Oh, we're going to be held so, oh, I can't wait. I'm scared because I don't know if I've done enough, but I can't wait. Amen. And some of your heroes might not make the cut. Amen. Amen. Auntie, where are we going? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. It's not just talking cute words and programs and, 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 and great music department with smoke machines. And it, it's not just the, the carnivals that we throw in parking lots and hot dog giveaways. It's, it, it, it's not just the concerts that we put on and, and the youth spectacles that we do. It's not giving out candy on Halloween. I'm not saying nothing wrong with any of that. I'm just saying the kingdom is really not about talk. It's, it's about power to do what? Change people. Mm-hmm. To transform people by their mind being so different. Mm-hmm. By placing the word and God inside them so deeply that it always comes up when they need it. Mm-hmm. By preparing them to meet their maker. Amen. Amen. Because we're, we're brides waiting on the groom. Yes. Man, one thing I know about doing weddings, I don't care how toasted the bride is. That means not good looking. <laughs> I've, stood up, I've stood up with funny looking uh, 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 groomsmen, and they're standing there nervously, and I'm just looking at them going, you realize what you're about to do? <laughs> and then I see the, the father come and the bride comes. Now, I was at rehearsal yesterday. And then today the bride comes and I go, oh, my God. 
She's not that pretty. Oh, Lord. She's at her, she's at her best. She, I'm like, she looks amazing. I've never seen an ugly bride. Amen. Amen. You know why? Because somebody had been doctoring on her all morning. She's got people doing her hair. She's got a professional makeup artist. She's got, oh, she, they are, they working on her like a pit crew on a racing team. <laughs> and it's like, man, they're just flipping her hair and, and they're just doing all this. Now, I just saw her at rehearsal. She wasn't looking like that. And then they, she comes down and goes, oh, she is a, she's beautiful. <laughs> That's how we're supposed to be. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. Because yeah. Jesus is the groom and he's coming back for his bride. Yes, he and is. And the bride is the church and we're going to be looking like we did at rehearsal with a ripped up t-shirt and no makeup, bags down her hair. And he says, I'm coming back for a bride that looks like what, auntie, without a spot. Spot or wrinkle. Or a wrinkle. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's impossible. But then I go, no, every time I've seen the bride come down the aisle, they look amazing. Mm -hmm. Even when they look amazing, they look amazing-er. Mm -hmm. I'm standing up there with Matt. Amanda comes down the aisle and I go, that's Amanda? <laughs> now Amanda's beautiful without all that. But she was beautiful-er. <laughs> Why? Because they was working on her in the back like a pit crew, man. Makeup, makeup, bam. They would say, poof that up, poof that up some more. And then they come and I go, oh my God, that's without a spot or a wrinkle. Yes, yes, sir. That is how we're supposed to be, but no. We look like rehearsal. God forbid. Auntie, come on, I gotta get off of that. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? See guys, don't you know in a race, everybody runs, but only one person's gonna win. I saw this, 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 uh, this, this steeplechase yesterday when I was flipping channels in and out the house, I was working in the yard, I was watching a little TV, and this girl from BYU blew everybody away. She was just miles away from everybody. They were just running, trying to catch up. And I go, man, see, everybody starts, they all started at the same place, but only one gets the prize. So we have to run as if that's all that matters. There is no losing. Amen. There's no losing. Why do you think great players in any athletic sport always compete and compete because there's no losing? Mm -hmm. Amen. Courtney just hates me, but Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Forget all these little newfangled <laughs> quarterbacks that's all flashy. How many rings you got, dude? And then you look at his regiment, he's all football. Nobody's going to outwork him. Nobody's going to outstudy him. Everybody say amen. amen. And he's an old man now, still competing, still throwing for more yards than everybody else, still throwing for more touchdowns. How's he doing that? He, he's, he's amazing. Nah, he's this. You got to run in such a way that you get the prize. You can't jog and try to win. And here's the thing about Olympic athletes. Their whole life is Olympics. Mm -hmm. From the time they realize they have a gift or a talent or something, 
they begin their whole life is based on. They eat, sleep, drink, associate everything to be prepared because they got four years mm -hmm. to try to get that prize. That's what we're supposed to be. We're not. We go to the gym sometime. We don't, you know, sometimes we sneak some cake and cookies. Sometimes pizza at midnight sounds so good. No, give me a little cake, a little ice cream. That's how we do it. That's how mm -hmm. we do God. That's how we're doing our race. Amen. See, this stuff don't grow churches. People don't want to hear it. <laughs> and I can go on a road and say, Mike, we can go on a road because I'm going home. Mm-hmm. But on a regular basis, oh, people don't want to hear that. They want to hear God loves me the way I am. Right. He does. He loves you too much to let you stay stupid, though. Mm-hmm. Amen. Auntie, where are we? Trying, Every, I got a couple minutes. I'll be done. Come on. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Their whole life is about the Olympics. They, they, if you talk to an Olympic athlete, or not talk, but hear an interview, all they do is it was training, food. Training, regiment, training, sleep, training, didn't do this, didn't do that. I'm trying. Everybody's going to take off at the same time, but only one person or only three people are going to get awards. Mm -hmm. 70 athletes took off, but only three are going to get a reward. Mm -hmm. That's why as it goes, great is your reward in heaven. Your reward is not going to be that great. But I know you'll just be happy to be in heaven. I'm trying to get rewards, man. Amen. I'm trying to hear God say, you did okay. You got on my nerves. But you did all right. Amen. So they go through strict training, auntie. It's all about the Olympics. I got four years to get ready. Come on. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. They do it to get a reef stuck on their head. Back then, the Olympian champions would get these reefs, and they would be prestigious, but, you know, they would fade away. We, we get it to get this everlasting crown that the Father would place upon us. But we don't think about that. We're too busy. We don't even think that. We're not even sure if Jesus is going to come back. How my Christians feel that way? And then most of us pray that he doesn't because I got so much more life to live. I haven't accomplished everything. I haven't got the right house yet. I want to see my kids get married and want to have grandkids. Let me tell you something. I don't care about none of that. And I love my kids and I am an excellent father. But my thing is I'm all about God. If you come back tomorrow, I'm good. Mm. You come back in 10 minutes, that'll be cool. I won't have to finish this. Because <laughs> I love the Lord I'm trying to Love the Lord with all I have mm -hmm. And Amen. I'm trying to Love people enough To not slap them Amen. Those are the first two commandments The other one's translated The second one I'm going to write a Bible I'm going to write my translated Bible Can you imagine that Bible <laughs> Auntie, where are we going? I'm almost done. Come on, guys. Uh, We're almost there. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love See, and we, good we deeds. See, we got to consider or think about how we may keep, keep, keep people going. Keep, keep them up. Keep, keep them moving. Keep, 
keep them moving in the right things to do. If you see people that, here's the thing, I'm running to people all the time who left here and they didn't go anywhere else, they just left. And it's like, and I bump into them out here and they go, oh, Pastor, I want to come back. You know what? Just come back. Amen. Nobody's going to look at you funny. They're just going to hug you and tell you to sit down. You ain't that special. Amen. But see, pride comes in and they're like, oh, I don't know what they're going to think. We ain't got no time to be thinking about you. Amen. I want to come back, but, you know, I don't, nobody's going to be worried about you. Sit down. Amen. They'll just be glad to see you back. Yeah. See, that's satanic. Mm-hmm. It's pride. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to look at me funny. I don't want people to. Nobody does that here. Amen. And if they do tell me about it, I'll throw them out. Amen. But I, I really believe nobody's going to do you like that. Just come sit down. Amen. Oh, no, it's too hard. We have to consider how we're going to keep each other going. Amen, yes. Because let me tell you something. You won't just survive hearing a word up here on Sundays. Amen. The world that we're dealing with now, you won't just survive that way. Amen. Sometimes you need somebody to talk to. Sometimes you need a father. Yes. Sometimes you need to get together. Sometimes you need to hear something out. Sometimes you need to share something. You're fighting for your survival right now, people. Yes. I know you're hungry. I'm almost done. <laughs> Stomach growling. And we started at 11. Eat you a biscuit on before you come here. <laughs> Auntie, come on. We're almost done. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit and of see, doing. See, we got to stop. Not, we can't stop meeting together. I love this part. As many are doing because it's a habit now. Mm-hmm. I go in. There's nothing new under the sun. Even though back in my day, when we first, nobody missed church, they had the same problem back then. Mm-hmm. People, people just, you know, we, we as believers got to stop not coming together. Amen. Where's your family? Well, oh, they're out doing this. I know life. And it's like, man, at least you're here to represent. It's like, what, what, we got to stop not Meeting. Because mm-hmm. what happens is it becomes a habit. Amen. And then slowly you'll see you'll be one every other week, then you'll be every two weeks, then you'll be once a month. And then I'll be bumping to you at Kroger's and going, oh, Pastor, I want to come back. Oh, you know, I need to get back. You know what happened? You slowly yeah. drifted away. away. Yes. He said, we got to keep, you got to encourage people. And it's so sad. It's so sad that we have to encourage people when they've experienced the love of God. I don't understand it. Oh, other than Satan comes and he does fight against you. Everybody say amen. Amen. And so you do have an adversary who doesn't like you good with God. So he does attack you. I give you that. And then, too, the world is so pressing. The world is so pressing on us now. You know, there's so much going on in the world and so much worrying and caring about things that are happening out there and then oh god let's not talk about our flesh because we just want to be so happy we want to feel good we want all that stuff is fighting against god Mm -hmm. i'll give you that but when you tasted and seen that the lord is good yes yes the bible says it's like a dog going back on his vomit and you're not thinking about eternity Mm -hmm. you're only thinking about the moment yes Auntie, I'm almost done. Come on. 
but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. But encouraging one another, even especially now, because you see the day approaching. Come on, guys, you see where we're headed. Yeah. I'm telling you, they were telling people how to get high on the news today. I had to back it up because I didn't believe he said that. He's, he's like, so how much of this can I sprinkle on before I start feeling a little high? And the guy was like, oh, it depends on the person. Is this HBO or? <laughs> it was your local news. Wow, that's amazing. Get your dad high on Father's Day. As if fathers don't have enough problems already. Amen. <laughs> and they had the little sets. Get your father the cannabis set. The package. It was a nice package, too. <laughs> Chill your father out. Just high as, you know me fathers are high everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't deal with life, so you'd rather get high. I don't need to get high. Amen. I can deal with life. Amen. But it's not that hard, because the way of a transgressor is hard. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, aunt, come on, aunt. Get your dad some cannabis. He can put it in his coffee. You can put cannabis in coffee? It was cannabis oatmeal. Eat your cannabis oatmeal before you go to work. You have a great day at work. You sure will. You probably do something stupid, too. And you'll probably be fat, because don't you get the munchies? Uh, I never got high off of that, so I don't know how it works, but... Not putting anybody down, but I'm saying, don't you get hungry and you're eating everything? That's why you go to lines and, at night and McDonald's line is wrapped around the corner. Everybody's got the munchies. They take all this cannabis. <laughs> Forget you. You know it's true. Taco Bell line is all the way down 53. Man, there must have been a lot of cannabis intake this weekend. I just want a taco. Seven of them. <laughs> I got the munchies. But I feel good. Yeah. Help us, Lord. I'm going to do my part. I'm, I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. I'm, I'm not going to be worried about outcomes and what people think. And, and I'm going to do it wherever you tell me to do it at. Wherever you send me, I'll do it. But the kingdom is everything. It's everything. Jesus came to bring the love of the Father to redeem man back to God and to bring us this kingdom that we function in that's so different from the world. That's why now I don't, I'm not around anybody. I spend so much time by myself. I don't let people come to the house. I don't socialize. I'm, doing, I'm alone, totally alone most of my time. If I'm not with my kids, I am by myself. 
So I'm like, Lord, what are we doing here? Every minute I have, I'm going to give it to you. You can stop me at any second digging up a flower bed or something. Just And what? What are you, what are you saying? Hey, Kenny, you want to go here? No, I don't want to go. I just, I just, I'm not, not in the mood right now. I just, I just need to just stay away. Nobody, don't come close. I just need to stay away. Trying to see what God wants to do. I'm not telling him what I want to do anymore. In Jesus' name. Now, we're going to take communion. I'm going to hang around for a few minutes for somebody who needs prayer. If you need prayer, I'm going to hang up here. Come see me. Some of you need some prayer. But I don't want to stop the congregation for it. So if you need some prayer, I'm going to give you a few minutes. Come see me. Come on, let's, let's do communion. Come on.